Welcome to Veteran Voices, a podcast dedicated to giving a voice to those that have served in our country's armed forces. On this series, which is part of the Supply Chain Now family of programming, we sit down with a wide variety of veterans and veteran advocates to gain their insights, perspective, and experiences. We'll talk with many individuals about their challenging transition from active duty to the private sector and we'll discuss some of the most vital issues facing veterans today. Join us for this episode of Veteran Voices. Hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton here with you on Veteran Voices. Thanks for joining the show here today. Uh, Today's show, we've got an opportunity to talk with a huge veterans advocate, dear friend of mine, all about taking action. Not words, but taking action to serve the veteran community. So stay tuned as we learn a lot more. Quick programming note before we get started here. If you enjoyed today's episode, find and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Veteran Voices is powered by the Supply Chain Now family of programs, and it's part of our our give back programming. So uh, please do it as an Air Force veteran. uh, It has just been an outstanding, rewarding aspect of our journey. So with no further ado, want to bring in my dear friend, husband, father, huge veteran advocate like we talked about, Seth Deitchman. Seth, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm fantastic, Scott. How, how are you? We're great, man. Uh, we miss doing these things in person like we were just talking about a moment ago. But, hey, this too shall pass, and uh, we're going to get through it, and, um, and we're going to learn a lot from these challenging times, aren't we? Yes, and from your mouth to God's ears, uh, sooner than later. For today's conversation, you know, I've enjoyed collaborating with you, just our friendship, but also your service. And it just, it it, it stood out from the, really the first time we met. And uh, we, I want to dive into that because our veteran community are, is so dependent upon fierce veterans advocates that know the value of action, know the need that's out there, and, and they go out there and do it. And uh, that's, you know, if we looked up Seth Deitchman in the dictionary, that would be one of the definitions there. So I admire that. I really do. You're kind. You're kind. Well, you know, we've had a chance to rub elbows while you do it, and, and um, there's just a huge need. So um, we're going to talk about some of these things, and we're going we're gonna to be offering some of your uh, perspective and insights uh, with our audience um, to give them maybe some ideas of ways that they can, they can uh, get involved and help and support. But for starters, Let's get to know Seth a little bit better. So, you know, Seth, tell us where where'd you grow up, and you got to give us a story or two on your upbringing. No dirt, no, no dirt. Uh, so, I uh, I grew up in uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, and far from that now in in Johns Creek, Georgia. Uh, you know, with me, my two brothers, and my parents, and then below us was uh, our our grandparents at, at different times, at different times. We had two family house, and. I, got to say it was really truly uh, an awesome upbringing and not i don't want to say the hard streets of brooklyn uh, but there were some great or horrible opportunities to go the wrong way and you know your circles uh, are so important and obviously parents are so important leadership around you is so important and, and i talked to, to some of my friends and they've all done well for themselves and they're all moving forward in good places uh and it's great you know unfortunately now my, my high school's shut down because things aren't as good as they used to be right back in the day uh but it, it was 
wonderful opportunity growing up there. I, I wouldn't and I couldn't imagine changing it for the world, right? Sometimes I want to put my kids there and say, this is how you should grow up. But uh, it, we, it is what it is today. So what I, I think if I heard you right, uh, you grew up and in the same house with at least one set of your grandparents. Is that right? So it was a two-family house, meaning there were no stairs or, or open door to the, the, um, the house downstairs. But Grandma's like, hey, Seth, can you go to the grocery store and get me some? She could scream it, and she was deaf. So she was screaming, and I was screaming, and she couldn't hear me. So it was great. Um, but it was, we're always with our grandparents, one set of them, either my grandmother or, or my grandparents on my father's side. Uh, so that Again, I you know the opportunity was unbelievable. Just the, the stories and what have you, um, it, it was nice. And they weren't special. around long enough, in my opinion. But it was yes, thank you. It was definitely very special. What a great advantage to growing up and and having um, you know, extra sets of of parents that love you and, and you can learn from and 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 I bet they had plenty of stories. I mean, what an enriching. Um, you know, aspect of your childhood. But what else, when you, when you think of growing up in Brooklyn, New York, what else is like one thing that you wish your kids had the opportunity to do? So my kids are young. They're 10 and 12. Uh, one thing that I loved about growing up, it was diversity. It was so, so diverse. Um, you know, in high school, I played football. I was not that good to go play college. If I did, I wouldn't have gone very far. Uh, but, you know, with all that, it was different stories from different areas and different socioeconomic and kind of everybody coming together. That's you hear about New York as the melting pot. And then when you grow up and you see it, not that it's not diverse where I am now, it's just ultimate diversity. You, you hear kids with accents uh, and like, well, you're not from here. You, oh, you grew up in Russia and now you're here in high school with me. Oh, you're actually from Jamaica and you're, it's really amazing. Black, white, Asian, uh, you know, um, Hispanic, yes, is, is who was involved was yes. Um, and, and that went into sports as well. That went into getting people on the weekends. That getting uh, got into, um, you know, in a sense, going to the movies with different sets of friends and walking around and not, not being judged in a sense that, hey, you're with someone Hispanic, you're with someone black, you're with someone white. And it was great. It was, it was just something I feel like different than this today. Maybe, maybe I'm just missing it some. Uh, that was uh, tons of fun, and, and one one fun story uh, that growing up playing football, I was one of my the few friends because I hung out with the nerds. I was not a nerd, meaning the smart kids, right? Because I wanted to be smart, and they wanted to be athletes. I, maybe I was bigger. I don't know if I was an athlete. So uh, on Friday nights before our football games, we used to walk around, and uh, my, my kids get such a crack out, laugh out of this is I used to shave half my face and just get my game face on, and I used to have my friends push me around just to get all psyched up and ready for the game. I'm like, all right, I eventually got enough because I want to hit him back, and I don't want that. So uh, that was one of the fun things we used to do on Friday nights before football games just to get my mind going and then ready for the next day. Uh, it wasn't Friday night likes like it was in Texas or in Georgia, but it's still football, and we still have to do our own little rituals, which was fun. Absolutely. Uh, oh, man. What position in football? Nose tackle. Really? You've got to be really mean uh, uh, stand scrapping. <laughs> I don't see you as a mean. <laughs> that surprises me. I, I, you know, so I, I would consider myself more of the 12th man because I was kind of the, I'd say maybe a motivator on the field. Um, and I, I say I'm proud to say I was probably the, enough, uh, almost definitely 
the 11th best player on defense. We had a phenomenal team. We had a we had a really a, such an outrageous team uh, that I was glad to be you know in the starting lineup, which was just or play at all for that matter. Uh, and and I was just glad that I my edge I think was just uh, pump you up, motivating, and hey, I did my job. And my two tackles next to me made me look small, so they were awesome. Right, so anything they would do, I'm like, I, I was with them. I helped. I did something. I don't know. I sat there. <laughs> Give me that point two five uh, of the sack, right? That that quarter of the sack. Give me that. That I earned that statistic. <laughs> I grabbed the shoelace. I swear it. I got a shoelace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we talk about a lot of the cool things you've been doing over the years to support the veteran community, real quick, let's talk about what you do professionally. So uh, share that with us. So I uh, work with Morgan Stanley. I am a financial advisor, um, an uh, alternative investment director uh, there, and I work with uh, individuals, families, just helping them plan for whatever their goals may be. Often it is retirement, as you might imagine, um, sometimes wealth transfer, uh, and it's hopefully keeping them protected, uh, sometimes from themselves, as we just saw uh, just recently in, uh, in March, where the market got scary. Uh, but really helping them manage their investments and uh, setting up a plan for them to be successful and hopefully for their kids and grandkids to be successful and, and, and leave a legacy as well. So it's kind of an honor to do that uh, and to support people in places where, you know, they they want to help and they need the help and they're excited to, to be a part of it. Um, and, I'm again, I'm grateful and honored to be able to do that for, for my clients and friends. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, all right. So – uh, as I mentioned on on the front end, huge advocate uh, for veterans, uh, and you know it reminds me of our buddy John Phillips, and I've stolen this phrase of his uh, time and time again because I love it. You know, deeds, not words. It's just that simple, right? It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. Not, yep. Now, perhaps more than ever before, we don't need any lip service leadership. We we got to have action, and and that is what I admire about you. So let's talk about. Um, Let's talk about with all that you've done and contributed and, and led and coordinated, um, where does this love and uh, admiration and duty, sense of duty, come? Uh, and what's your why for doing that for the veteran community? Thank you for asking that question. I guess there's several whys, but uh, really – so. Go back to just uh, one quick step. So my father never believed in guns, right? And listen, we were in New York. You can't have a gun anyway. If you do, it's illegal. Uh, but it was like, no, peace to the world, which I'm peace to the world as well, right? We all want peace. That's, that's, that's a given. Um, however, my, my uncle was in the Marines, his, his older brother. Um, that, that wasn't really the, the why. Uh, I didn't know better then. Uh, I could tell you now. So I'm, I don't know if you mentioned, I, I'm not a veteran. Uh, I'm very much a civilian. Civilian, civilian, <laughs> um, and you know my my why really, really, really spurred um, when I had children, right? I've always been a fan of veterans. I mean, how do you when I'm military? How do you? How are you not? Right? I, I didn't grow up in Vietnam era anyway when there was some negativity, but when I had children, I, you know, we see hopefully the best of the world, right? And my kids get to walk around, run around free, not having to worry about, I hate to say it anywhere, bombs going off or being shot at or anything else. And I'm like, whoa, that's, 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 when I think about world, that's such freedom. That's, 
unbelievable. You don't get that anywhere else, right? I mean, it really is amazing. And who does that for us? Look, not me. I mean, I, I protect my children in a different way, but that's our amazing military and our amazing veterans, right, who have done that as well. And, and it, it started really clicking. They're, they're the ones. They, they are America, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, we, we were just watching Hamilton and like, yep, the war before Hamilton, before they became, you know, the United States of America, it's, they were all fighting. Everybody had to fight. Now everybody doesn't have to fight, right? Which, listen, I wish I was there with a better man for it if I went in. However, and my two brothers in particular, they would definitely be better off if they went in. But uh, in, in, in general, it's just, we, I don't think we can do enough or thank them enough uh, because I'm free, you're free, you're one of the great veterans, but so many others who I think sometimes, I hate to say take it for granted, but don't even think about it on a regular basis, I think that I, I can't do enough. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And, and, and look, I was a data analyst in Air Force. I wasn't a combat veteran. I, I think, you know, we had um, Jared Turner on the last episode, uh, and he served two tours in Iraq. Um, and to hear him talk about those experiences in combat, um, you know, the things that they, that, that these combat vets that boldly and fearlessly, you know, serve our country in war, uh, and what they deal with and, and continue to persevere through on behalf of all of us. I mean, it really, it is eye opening. And, um, you know, there's so many aspects of the veteran community that don't get enough attention from my humble opinion, but folks that serve in combat and what they deal with and then come back. And then of course they've got to make the, the, um, they got to kind of switch over to, to, working in the private sector and, and compartmentalize all of those experiences. It, it, and that's if they don't, you know, haven't suffered, you know, all types of injuries. It, it's, these are uh, very, very, very brave uh, individuals and that doesn't do them justice. But so I, I, I'm, I'm like you, I admire um, these folks that, that they give us the uh, sense of freedoms and the, and the way we live and, and um, allow us, allow us to go out and do um, you know, pursue what we want to pursue. I can't agree more. Let me just say something on there, Scott. That's okay. So I, I can't agree. I mean, boy, you can't lift them on your shoulders enough. I, I totally agree with that. However, I'm talking to you and all the other veterans and the current military out there and the spouses, etc. You raise your hand. You didn't know what you were getting into, right? I mean, so I, yes. I listen. I more praise to them, and and I want to do more for them. I agree. However. Veterans are up here. You can't see it, but here, right? They're, they're because they. You all raise your hand. You all say, you know, please take me. Uh, I need to protect my country. If you want me to type and send letters, I'll do that. If you want me with a gun in, in front, I'll do that. You don't know what you're getting into when you sign up first. Am I? Am I right? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. And at, at the bottom, the bottom line is the bottom line, and that's whatever Uncle Sam needs at that time, you know, everything can change. But, uh, you know, the, the other thing that really sticks out, and, and, and we're going to shift gears here here in a minute, we're going to talk about the Tillman Run, especially in Atlanta, which is, is really where we worked a lot. Um, well, I, I followed. I, I just followed, and, and I admired a lot. But, you know, in this, you know, we've been at war forever, as we all know, Um approaching 20 years and and so you know during portions of those years it's been front and center day in and day out 
And unfortunately, in other, other points in time, you wouldn't even know it. And that, that's a crying shame. But one thing that does never, cha never changes is the need and our responsibility to take care of those that have served and have sacrificed so much, including, as you called out, um, wonderful call out, the spouses and the families that enable and, and sacrifice so much as well. Um, and including those in the National Guard and, and Reserve. So um, I love your perspective. No surprise there. Um, and I love your action, which leads us to the Tillman Run in Atlanta, which you led for nine years. But let's, let's, let's make sure folks know uh, about Pat Tillman. So tell us a little bit about Pat Tillman. Hero's hero. Uh, I mean, if you don't know Pat Tillman, this is going to be that much of what you need to know. Please go look him up. He is uh, a hero's hero. In a sense, the first thing I'll say is he had the American dream, was living it literally. Um, he was an NFL football player with a wonderful life, a beautiful wife. Uh, and he said after 9-11, you know, my team needs me, but my country needs me more. And he left that a new contract on the table. Uh, he went and became an Army Ranger. And um, to make a, a long story short in this span, he went off to Afghanistan on a mission and was unfortunately killed while, um, you know, doing, performing his duty, unfortunately uh, killed by friendly fire after everything came out. And I mean, and this is, I'm going to say this, but I knew him, right? I didn't know him exceptionally well. We had a few classes together at Arizona State, uh, you know, more so I revered him more than he knew me, right? It was because he was like, holy cow, tell him, if you saw him play football in college, he was an animal. He was just, he was like I wanted to be or, or who I thought I wanted to be when I played football. Not that good at all. Like, forget about, <laughs> I don't I can't, I can't put us in the same sentence that we're talking about football or anything else for that matter. But uh, he was always passionate, and there was nobody that would tell you anything different. And he was clearly very passionate about freedom and about our country. I mean, he got to play football. Who gets to play football? I mean, we're the only country. That, but regardless, his freedom was amazing, and and his passion for our country as well as his brother, who who um, was enlisted with him as well. Just an amazing family. He was amazing. He was an amazing man and, and truly a legend uh and selfless again i hear it. he is selfless that's a, such a great way to put it that's a, um and you know just i guess knowing him and uh, being used from my alma mater uh, arizona state and for what he did I, you know one of my my goals and my dreams for the run when i was organizing it was to have as many kids there as possible because he's a hero among so many others in the military that you know again he gave up everything he had everything he didn't have to do another thing he could have retired then and just lived a great life been wealthy etc he's like no i need we need more here for this country right and i know that um, i'm more i think i'm more needed on the battlefield than the football field uh, unfortunately it didn't work out the way that anybody would have liked i'm sure any american would have liked um but you know, now I, I, I want kids to know about him. I want kids to know about really all of our heroes, but one of the reasons why I was organizing the, 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 the Pat Tillman run here was to have every, not, not just kids, but kids predominantly, because I want that story to go on forever, to, to know what people do, what sacrifices people make. You know, I don't say every day, but you know, on a regular basis, and we don't know about, and hopefully more people know about him, uh, because he is such a great American and great human being. 
uh, that it's it's worth knowing he should be in our history books, in my opinion, and just revered for what he did for my kids. My kids weren't born yet, right? But he sacrificed for my kids, even though he didn't know them. And your kids, et cetera, like you sacrificed for my kids as well. So, He's such a, a tremendous story there, what he left to serve his country. Um, uh, you know, and, and you're right. Um, we can't do it justice in the, in the short amount of time we've got here. But the, the really neat thing and, and the good news here, uh, if, if we really look for it, is is the really neat stuff that the, the folks behind the Tillman Run, that the, is it the, the national Tillman Run? There, there's, uh, well, let's, I'll tell you what, let's ask the experts. So, so tell us a little bit about the organization, because I think there's runs in a, a lot of major uh, cities and the states. How does it work? And and then tell us about where um, you know all the funds that are raised. Where that where those go? Sure. So I, I'm not part of the Pat Tillman Foundation. Uh, a volunteer for them. You know, organizing this previously. Uh, so the Pat Tillman Foundation is. Uh, I think it's still based out of Chicago. Big presence in Arizona. I went to school. The first run uh, was done in uh, Arizona in Tempe, uh, and winds up uh, ending on Sun Devil. Um, you know, Sun Devil Stadium, which is on the 42-yard line. His number was number 42 while playing at ASU. And that run has, I think it caps at 31,000 or so just because of capacity. And every year it sells out, which is amazing. Awesome. I wish I can say our run was big enough, but I couldn't handle it if it was. <laughs> uh, but so it's been there for four years, I think it was. And then they they called it Shadow Runs, where they brought it to Atlanta, which Atlanta was one of the first cities, uh, again, I say Atlanta, but Metro Atlanta, where it started, among others. And now I think it's in 35 cities across the U.S. And then there's some other virtual runs, uh, you know, throughout the world, right? If they do it in Afghanistan, they do a run on bases and things like that. Um, and so what the foundation does is they raise – uh, money to provide scholarships, uh, academic scholarships, uh, to veterans and or their spouses to um, to further their careers and better their communities. Now, uh, why I say better their communities because they have to be involved and have to, again, we're talking about not giving back. They have to give back and want more. Maybe they're becoming a doctor. Maybe they're becoming, you know, a, a Wall Street someone, but they're giving back and they're bettering themselves and you know what, like other people, they're probably making more, doing more, and then they're giving back and they're sharing more. And these are usually just amazing, <laughs> amazing people, right? And they're, they're I mean, really bright right? just, and passionate. And you see that with all the Tillman scholars. I mean, and I got to tell you, I know some people who applied for the scholarship but didn't get it, and I'm like, that's impossible. That person needs to get it. So I have to imagine how unbelievable some of these scholars really are if that person or that person didn't get it. I'm like, so they're doing great stuff. And again, uh, for a spouse, because listen, spouses give a lot when their spouse goes off to, you know, to war or just to be sure. in the military at all. Uh, to serve, exactly. Thank you for that, that word I'm looking for. Uh, so it's well-deserved on, on all sides. And it's, it's a wonderful organization that, these are people that did great for us, and they're only going to do greater for our country while they're in civilian clothing, right? Uh, and they're going to give back to civilians and uh, veterans uh, without without question. 
I don't know if that answered the question well. No, it, it really does. Uh, and, and so we encourage folks to check out the, the Pat Tillman Foundation. I'm glad you, you, you shared that disclaimer. Uh, I should have thought about that before I put you on the spot there. But, no, it's, no, it's okay. It's okay. But we are both, well, not parts of the organization, huge fans of what they're doing and, and huge fans of Tillman Run. And while, while I think a buddy of yours founded the Atlanta uh, Tillman Run, you, you served as chair, court, main quarterback, for nine years. That is a ton of work, uh, Seth. So I had hair when it started. I had hair, and I don't have any now. So <laughs> that's one of the reasons it's gone, right? <laughs> All right, so. And no gray either. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, when you look back <clears throat> at those nine years, um, what are some of your favorite parts of that? And then in a minute, we, I want to find out kind of the, the, the logistics behind the run. Lots of wonderful memories. Uh, it, it, it started out like a... Um, all right, guys, you know, let's sing the national anthem. Uh, you know, I wasn't singing. Nobody wanted me singing. Uh, but we, you know, it's all right, great. Uh, one, two, three, let's go. Nice. And it was great. It was wonderful. It, it wound up being fantastic. We've had some great leaders. Kaylin Robinson, who's a UPS employee, he's the founder, right? And he's starting. He had great passion behind it. Again, went to Arizona State as well. Uh, and and it, it, it grew slowly but surely. And I'm like, I, to me, my thought behind it, getting – People who know Pat or don't know Pat want to know more about getting involved. So I just try to spread the gospel of who he was. And, you know, it started out from 40 people, you know, to 70 people, uh, to 100 people, and kept going. And I'm like, you know what, let's see if we can get a vendor here, regardless of the – so we had some food come out, right, a vendor, which is cool. We had – Coca-Cola has been awesome to us. They gave us water, which they didn't have to because they're local here. They were just wonderful, and they're big um, advocates of, of veterans as well. Uh, and then we got a few more. And so one of my highlights, uh, I thought, was if you're a football fan here in Atlanta, uh, you probably know who Dan Quinn is, the coach of the Falcons. And if you don't know him at all, he's a very – not outspoken because he doesn't like to talk about it. He is <laughs> deeds, not words, right? Is that, is that the phrase? Is that That's what it. Says, right? That's it. Deeds, not words. And – he is all over it. And so I reached out to the Falcons because you can't reach out to Dan. He's, you know, big time. And the Fal he eventually came back and, you know, I asked him if he would be our grand marshal, which we've never really had one before. And he said, yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was, it was great. And he knew Pat. He, uh, I think, not, not played against them, but coached against him at some point. So he was, I think, more honored to be a part of it than anything else. And he came back uh, really every year. Every year, yes, it was three years in a row uh, that he came. And one year, Arthur Blank came as well, which you recall meeting him and, and uh, you're a kid taking a picture with him, which was just awesome. That's right. And, and, and we had some, you know, great, we, you know, we had like a radio station there. So it became something more than just a run that we were putting on. Right. It, it, it wasn't because I'm not so popular. It was, listen, I, I want, it was Pat's story, right? It was, why are we doing this? And it's Pat's story, but it's also the story moving forward of his legacy about supporting veterans and supporting great things. And it became relatively easy to organize if you had it down. I, I say that really? to an extent, because that's not totally true. That's not really true. It's, not, <laughs> it's just that you, you had things in place, and that was <laughs> you had the, You had like, a game plan. You, after a couple of years, you probably had the game plan, uh, so you, you kind of knew – you. You had to plug this in here, this in here, but you still had to go to find the things that you plugged in, right? Yes, very much so. It was not, 
let's get it done. It's just snap of fingers or twinkle of our nose. No, not, that didn't happen. But uh, yeah, it, it, game plan was was right. You know, we we did this. How can we make this a little bit better? Let's tweak it this way. Um, you know, but but and it grew to it grew. We had to find different venues. Uh, because to fit more people, which was pretty cool. Again, not that we're, we're not tempting, we're not 30,000, never will be, uh, nor would I want it to be for that matter. I want to raise the money, but not that. Uh, another big thing was uh, getting UPS as our primary sponsor. They, they, they are an unbelievable organization, among others who are our sponsors, but UPS was our lead sponsor and uh, was just so awesome to have. And because again, talk about an organization that supports veterans, Woo! They are unbelievable, and and I know you know that in the first hand as well. So, super cool. What, what, just I mean to get the foundation involved because I'm just I'm a small run. Get the foundation involved. Get Arizona State involved because they're a big sponsor. It says we're really doing something right here, and getting the right parties involved. Super fantastic. That that was really neat to see both Dan Quinn and Mr. Arthur Blank, who also does a ton. Uh, for a variety of causes um, around Atlanta, but certainly the veteran community. Um, he really supports that and, and from an action and a financial standpoint, so very appreciative there. Uh, so nine years, uh, and then you, you pass the baton, of course, in 2020, COVID-19, uh, challenged into much of those things, but they, they, they found a way to kind of do it virtually. But what, what is, um, what's one thing? that nine years of leading that event um, really illustrated you, or was there a eureka moment that you had that, that might be universally uh, applicable? What what really sticks out in terms of a lesson learned from all that work? I mean, this is a life lesson, but in a sense, not towards me, but leading by example, it came and brought other people out. Like, and I asked people, hey, would you help? And then some people said no, and that's okay, right? I don't, they're busy, different lives and different challenges. But when you, you showed that you were doing something and then you had this person and, and Scott Luton was helping and Lloyd Knight was helping and this and, and then, oh, okay, it's worthwhile. And then you got them to action and they said, well, like, you know what, I'm going to get my company involved. You know what, I'm going to show the, the, the snowball effect in a sense that really occurred was just, it was beautiful to see. Right, and that's community coming together, something bigger than you and me, uh, and that—that was my eureka. Because it started off, like I said, so small, right? It was, just, and I, and I thought it was worth spreading the gospel about. Hey, this is just a great organization. This is why I'm passionate about it. This is why I'd like to, for you to learn about who Pat Tillman was, what the foundation does, what it does for our community here, because we have scholars here, you know, in this area, all over the the country and all over the world, for that matter, and it. it it, that part, the snowball effect, the community involvement became super, and that was the part. So, and it wasn't just me leading by example. Right, there were other people who took the ball and, and ran as well. Right, you, you did. You, you became a sponsor, right, which was awesome, and, and you volunteered. I, I loved why. To your point, you had all these different groups and individuals that would come out and participate, or volunteer, or sponsor, or or or, or you name it, all kinds of different things. Um, and a lot of active duty folks came out and run, and they'd run kind of um, information and stuff. And that was really just, it was a great event, home run event for a great cause that did great things, you know, raise funds and, and going back and, and, and helping those scholars that you mentioned. Um, so, so nine years at the helm of that. And, and, and more, um, 
equally as important is you you grew it so you could you could help more and and the event helped more so admire that um, so let's shift gears as we kind of move into this final segment here and to our listeners you know um, Seth and I both really enjoy the Metro Atlanta business community and the, and the veteran community and, and doing business here but you know one of the things we talked about prior to going live here was about how much you know different cities different initiatives can can learn and benchmark as we're all trying to serve this this massive group that has so many different needs in so many different ways um, so this next topic about Vetlanta um, uh, it's, it's really as much as it is about Atlanta it really isn't so I really want to preface that on the front end um, so let's define it first what is you know uh, you and I both have volunteered you were on the executive committee for three years with a group called Vetlanta what is Vetlanta the reason behind it sometimes, or the words behind it sometimes change. I just like to put it as, again, based in Atlanta, if Atlanta's here to make Atlanta the top destination for veterans and their families, right? And that encompasses everything you can imagine to make it a top destination, right? A place to live and work, etc. cetera. Um, and boy, they, they are unbelievable. But I say they, and, and they is the people involved, because the organization's always built up of people. If an organization with no people is just a shell, right? So uh, it, it's such a worthwhile organization, and I love to say, which I Lloyd loves to say, we don't want your money, right? There's no money. We don't want I love anything that too. having to do with that, right? And, and so... You're referring to Lloyd Knight, one of the co-founders yes. and the current president of yes. Atlanta. Yes, he's a lifelong president. I'll try to get out of it one day, but it ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, and, and that makes it so easy that you can't even sell it. Like you, you give it away, and people, I hope, grab it. Like give me, because I, I, that's the piece. It's it's give. That's the word I'm looking for. Is people you want people who want to give, right? Give back, share, right? Help. That is the key. Collaboration. It is. You know, Lloyd and, and, and John Phillips, uh, another co-founder, they, you know, collaboration on steroids, right, is what, what John likes to say as often. And it, it is, right? It's it's community collaboration. It's two wonderful nonprofits working together. Wait, I have this. I'm, I'm trying to veterans' health, and I'm doing veterans' homelessness. Well, let's work together for veterans, and then boom, one plus one equals five. And it's amazing. And that's what happens. It is just such a phenomenal organization. Yeah, very, very holistic around all the different needs. I mean, as you and I both know, there's a ton of groups that specialize in certain aspects, uh, you know, job assistance, which is really important, and we need a lot of that. Um, healthcare, which is also really obviously really important, need a lot of that. But that, to your point, Vetlanta really created this, this, this uh, community, this clearinghouse, this veteran organization that helped folks network. It helped. To your point, potential partners find each other, and I love that one plus one equals five. That's that's my my kind of math, Seth. I like that. Um, <laughs> that was the potential, and that was what has been realized in so many different ways since Vetlanta uh, opened for business. Even though they didn't want anyone's money, there wasn't a membership. It that was a beautiful part about it, and that that was also one of my favorite parts of being involved. Is you never you didn't have to fundraise, you didn't have to you know. Get, encourage folks to sponsor or become members it was all about the mission and um, all right so now hopefully folks have a sense and vetlanta.org I believe is a URL folks can can learn about it there v-e-t-l-a-n-t-a -A -A, because sometimes vetlanta atlanta what is it so yeah sorry 
vetlanta.org. That's a great call out. Um, so now that folks have a sense, let's talk about, you know, what, what do you think, you know, having been on the senior leadership council and being a part of, you know, standing up some of those initiatives or supporting them, you know, leading certain pillars of the organization and, and just absorbing it all, what are some things that stick out that you think other cities or other similar groups to be potential groups uh, might could learn from uh, Vetlanta? The number one thing, you have to think outward, not inward. If you're thinking outward, you're ready to give. Like, I have a reason, I have a purpose, there's something there that I want to do. Uh, Scott, you appreciate veterans too, right? Okay, let's get together and talk about it. what can we do. And this organization, I volunteered or I've given to this and I'm putting it together. So go back to collaboration, go back to community, and then go outward thinking and, you know, wanting to give, right? It just talk about our freedoms, I talk about how blessed you know, many of us are here in, in, in the U.S. and in our communities. The opportunity to be able to give back and think differently, thinking that, and, and this is not the way I want you to think, but you can think of it this way, is that oh, I'm giving back and I know it's going to benefit me, right? I, because I, it, having people in a better place is going to make my place better, right? And the story, no offense of us, right? So. It's a selfish way to think. If you want to be selfish, right, give so you can get. And I think that's what happens. When you see a veteran who, they're in my world now. They're a civilian, right? And I, this is why I wanted to talk about this as well, if it's okay. That's why I think Vet, Vetlanta wanted me on, on the executive committee because, you know, I'm a civilian. I'm not a veteran. I don't know their language. And you guys have a language <laughs> that I don't understand, right? And you're coming back into my world right, into civilian world, which I've only been in. You've been a civilian as a, you know, teenager, and then you went into the military, and now you're back again, and you have to learn to speak my language. And, you know, I used to stop the guys, what, E3? What are you talking about? What is he, you know, eventually you get to learn it and know it and talk about these different things that they're mentioning. You'll never get a job talking about E3 in, a, in, in an interview. You've got to break it down, and there's many wonderful organizations that, that handle that and help that. Uh, but coming from my perspective, and my world, which all veterans are in our civilian world now, uh, it, it needs to be communicated. It needs to be, now we're on the same level. I, you know, I think you're revered on our level, but you have to feel great about being revered on our, this is me, in, in, in my world, where I'm coming from. I, I would love to say that all civilians come there, uh, but I think it's collaborating, and, and big thing for me that I think veterans need to, to understand is they have to be able to, one, accept help, and two, ask for help, because often we're not mind readers, because in the military, it's the, got your back, don't worry about it. You just go forward, I got your back. You don't have to ask for help, right? In this world, in the civilian world, you have to ask for help. And that was one of my things I pushed as much as possible, and I kept saying it was a broken record. Like, you guys need to ask for help, you veterans. But we want to help. We really, really, I, I really, really want to help, right? Just, just ask me. I'll ask you and say yes and say this or that. And uh, so that was a, a big piece. Uh, just come from. I know it went a little bit of a tangent, but that was something that I felt very important about. You don't know what you don't know, and for folk, and there's so many folks out there that do want to help, but if they're unaware of the need, um, they, they don't even have the opportunity to make the choice to help, right? Right. Right. One of the other things I think is it would be really super relevant for folks in other cities that, you know, kind of want to stand up a similar organization or initiative or what have you. I think one of the things that's really served Vetlanta well is finding those, you know, just like the Tillman run in Atlanta, find those corporate sponsors. You don't need them 
to write checks. You know, that, that, that's the beauty of it. But if they could offer up, you know, venue space for a lunch or a dinner event, and better yet, if they've got a, a great corporate kitchen or, you know, and, and they can throw that in at no cost to them, or if they can't, doesn't matter. But starting, you know, getting access to, 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 uh, to venues and facilities, oftentimes corporations want to help, and that tends to be an easier way that they can help, even if you've got to go through the security protocols, this, that, and the other. But that's that seemingly was really helpful on the front end. UPS obviously offered up a lot of space at their corporate headquarters here in Atlanta. I think that's one of the things that, that if you're listening to this in other cities, you know, take a page out of that playbook and and find an early corporate supporter that you know doesn't need to write you a check, but can support what you're trying to do in a in a, in a maybe an easier and very powerful way. Yeah, well, that's that's beautiful, and I'll say so. Not 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 to to give my organization a plug, but Morgan Stanley, we were a sponsor uh, one uh, one quarter for one of our our summits. And we don't have a, a big venue space, but we, one of our leaders, Max Hillsman, is a military veteran. He's awesome. Uh, he went to Epps uh, Air Hangar, and Mr. Epps is a veteran as well. He's like, you can have my hangar. And we, we supplied the food, Morgan Stanley, which usually the sponsor does. It was, if not the coolest, and I'm That's not great. saying because it was ours, it was such a cool venue. It was just I'm like, man, I can't believe this looks so great. And it was. And the food was great, too. And the atmosphere was just fantastic. Everything was, it was great. And actually one of, yeah. It was home run stuff. And I think, you, I think you had the founder or at least one of the senior leaders of Bunker Labs speak at that same event, right? The founder, the founder, yes, and and that's where we kind of broke the champagne bottle on the uh, ship to say, hey, you know what, Atlanta now is a, an official chapter of Bunker Labs. So it was a very, you know, big momentous, you know, experience. I think for all of us, and we had some great speakers, and it, it was awesome. I, I wasn't one of the great speakers. I was a speaker, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you're great. I love man. You're a great speaker. You've got a great sense of humor. I've always enjoyed. So, and, and a quick sidebar for folks that may be new to Bunker Labs, it's a great veteran-focused uh, incubator for entrepreneurs and business ideas, and they're expanding in a lot of cities. And, and that, as, as Seth mentioned, that was um, uh, that event kind of uh, was their formal launching or announcement that they're that they're alive and well in Atlanta, which is really really neat. Okay. So, Seth, uh, uh, I'll tell you, I'd love to sit here for the next couple of hours. Maybe we get an adult beverage and we just enjoy each other's company. But I know you've got work to do and, and kids to see, uh, and I do as well. How, let's make sure folks that listen to this know how to connect with you, whether they want to pick your brain around a Tillman run in their city or Vetlana or just being a, a, a meaningful, results-oriented veterans advocate, which in and of itself is is something we need a lot more of from people how can folks connect with seth uh you can certainly reach out to me on linkedin um our profile is linkedin.com uh, slash uh, atlanta financial advisor uh, or you can probably just look up seth deitchman i don't think there's two of us anywhere uh, if there are, i like to meet the other me if there is um <laughs> but uh so linkedin uh slash uh, atlanta financial advisor i didn't ask you about something seth i was supposed i, I was going to ask you i was curious about this group, uh, BH Technology Group, I, know, I think you serve on the board uh, as an advisor or a volunteer or, or, or what have you. Tell me more about this. Uh, so it's, it's, again, another wonderful organization. So uh, BH uh, Technology Group, 
uh, BH stands for brain health, and it's really today it's just it's so needed, and I mean right now, especially because we're all so isolated. Uh, we are providing education. It's a nonprofit. We're providing education, uh, technology education for uh, seniors to use their iPhone, iPad, you know, Samsung smartphone, any which way computers, etc. So. My mom can, which she knows how she knows how to use an iPhone now. She can call my or yes, exactly. She can FaceTime my my daughter or or my my son on his iPad. Uh, it's so key. They can go to the bank on their computer, right? They can check the Morgan Stanley account on their on their phone <laughs> if they need to. You know, it's all these things that are so critical and being connected. That's the thing. If you're isolated and you don't have a, a phone, is fine, but. It's great to see you here on, on Zoom, right? It really is. It's nice to see you smile around and just nodding and not knowing you're responding. And it's key. My mom knows it. And all the, we get such great responses uh, from everybody. We have a wonderful caring board um, that you know, say everybody either had, has or had a parent or grandparent who could or could have used this. And a friend, and it's the same thing. And it's just, and so the, the great, there are good things that have come out of COVID-19. Uh, it's it's crazy to say, but but now we've gone from just the you know Georgia. We've actually we're in New Zealand recently. We're in Florida, so we were just here. We're in several different states, and we're in uh, other countries now doing uh, virtual classes. Which is turn on your Zoom, and we'll teach you everything else. So turn on your phone, and we'll teach. It's really great, and and it it does help with literally health and the physical, mental, because mental leads physical and everything else so uh, just something I'm passionate about because well it's, mm -hmm. it's easy to get isolated in this environment uh, and I would imagine it can be easier even easier unfortunately for um, older citizens that maybe they don't they don't quite have the family a lot of folks do um, you know younger generations and whatnot and they have less maybe less of a network around them so what I hear you describe is is this nonprofit BH technology group helps make the world a more connected and a smaller place and 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 give folks and it helps pull them out of what can be really isolating situations and better yet not just to connect but to learn new skills and make life more convenient and um i mean i hate to be too dramatic but you know live again yeah i, I totally agree it is i mean you see your, your your my mom or you see your mom or you see a grandparent you see a grandchild it's just you know, we want to have many stories to say. And I remember when, you know, grandma did this or grandpa did that or, and I saw them do it even though I wasn't able to be there. And then when you get it, hey, grandma, you're great with the phone now. And it just gives them that much more and they can talk with their friends. My mom's a Facebook junkie now, which is kind of fun to see. I'm like, what? You couldn't even take a picture before. Forget about post a picture, right? So that stuff makes her feel great. She's like, yeah, I love this. I saw my friends at Brain Beach Baths. I'm like, what? No, you saw friends anywhere. I'm amazed. So. Uh, it was it was it's fun to see and fun to hear. Love it uh, again. Well, I should not be surprised that you're involved in any other uh, another service oriented nonprofit order that's helping folks. I admire that about you. I certainly admire all that you've done for and continue to do for the veteran community. And and you know it's it's great to reconnect with you. Speaking of of, of connections, this is this is overdue. You know we we talked about this long ago as we were breaking bread over healthy salads, right? Yes, now it's closed. Mm, you heard it's closed now, right? That's, that's right. The restaurant that, that Seth and I had lunch in last, unfortunately, was claimed uh, with, with uh, 
economic and COVID-19 trends in recent months. But, hey, we'll break bread again soon. We're going we're gonna to break through all this stuff and, and uh, get to a much brighter spot in the months ahead. And, again, Seth Deitchman, really appreciate it. Folks, connect with him on LinkedIn at a minimum. And if you can't find and, and Seth, I'm gonna, um, we're going to make it really easy. We're going to have uh, some ways that folks can connect with you directly in the show notes. So, you know, make it real convenient for folks. But really appreciate all that you do, uh, Seth Deitchman. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. All right. So to our listeners, hopefully you enjoyed that conversation and, and Seth, Seth's uh, perspective and kind of point of view as much as I did. Of course, I'm partial. Uh, he's a dear friend and, and someone I admire. So but hopefully you enjoyed it. Hey, this is Scott Luton wishing all of our listeners nothing but the best. Do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And hey, we'll see you next time here on Veteran Voices. Thanks, everybody.